0: So we're gonna read here today 1 Corinthians 2 to start this thing off. Paul would write inside of here when he's, he's speaking to the church in Corinth, he says this, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive language, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Amen? Let's pray. God, we come to you, Lord. Not in our own ability, but Lord, we come in your power. I pray today as we articulate and you begin to identify things, Lord, that are off and out of alignment and, Father, need to be addressed, that, Father, we would lean in and trust you completely for our healing. You conquered death, hell, and the grave, and you have power over sin. You have power over brokenness, and you can bring healing. You knew us while we were in our mother's womb. You formed and fashioned us. So, Lord, if you've created, you can restore. So, Father, we prayed into this house, faith. May our faith faith elevate, that our trust can increase, that our dependency can lean in. And, Father, we can rely on you to move. As I communicate here today, Holy Spirit, grab hold of the words of man. Father, pierce the heart. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen and amen. You guys may be seated. In the house here today, in the house here today, man, again, I'm preaching a message, Resist the Devil. You can write that across the top of your paper. How many of you guys have ever been in a moment in your life where you were in an atmosphere or a place where you experienced the natural ability of a human that defied your reason of understanding on how they could do that? Anybody? Anybody? Anytime somebody plays the, the the piano for me, I'm like, how in the world? Think about drums. How in the world does somebody do this and this and create something that, like, I don't understand. It's out of my realm. I'm like, wow, you're amazing. Right? You've experienced somebody's talent. It's like, whoa, this is incredible. I remember, like like, like growing up, like, going from, like, Whenever you're in elementary school, you really don't pay attention. Like, everybody's on, like, we are just all great, and we love each other, and it's amazing. But once you get to middle school, you start getting into that comparison deal, and, like, they're good, they're not. They're on my team, you're not on my team, right? <laughs> I remember being in middle school and playing football, and, like, there was clearly just individuals that had natural talent and, and, and natural God-given size, and, and uh, speed, you know, you're like, they're good, you know, they're really good. Uh, individuals like that just have natural like intelligence, they like never study, but they ace every test. I'm like, I hate you, right? <laughs> I'm the person that has to work really, really hard. I gotta read like, read the book twice and then read it again, you know? I'm that guy, I'm like frustrated with everything. My wife is like crazy smart. I'm like, I hate you, but I love you. I hate you, but I love you. Okay, whatever that was. Uh, <laughs> but I remember, I remember, like, like being, uh, like, middle school, there's, like, natural talent, and then going to high school and playing. But there was a big difference between high school football and college football. Like, being a high school football, there, there's a difference. As quarterback, I remember taking the first snap uh, um, at spring ball in, in Blend Universe, or Blend uh, College, Blend Juco. And... Uh, I took that snap. And when I sat back, I looked up, and I'm like, I can't see anything. <laughs> like, like my my the line in high school was anywhere from 5'10 to 6'2. And, and in college, the line, the, the, you know, the, the offensive linemen, they were anywhere from 6'2 to 6'6. Six, six. So I'm 5'10, okay? I'm like... I created Johnny Manziel. He's out of Kerrville. You know, we, we trained together after my career was over and I helped him get wherever he was, he was at. Unfortunately, his temptation in his life overtook him. He fell victim to sin. And today he's a wash up. But you know, God is still at work. I remember taking that step and step and coming back and I'm like, what in the world's going on here? And then being like, I couldn't see. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to run out of the pocket like I've done many times before in high school. And I outran everybody because God has given me talent. Amen. <laughs> I remember taking off running like, I got this. And then the defensive end that was like 6'2", 250 pounds, like rocked out, looked like the rock, like, Ugh! that boy started running at me. And he chased me down. Like, no lie. In that moment, I'm thinking, like, I'm in a whole nother league right now, Okay. There's people that have natural ability, natural talent that defies our reasoning. We go to Spurs games for the purpose of, wow, they're doing things that we wish we could do, but we can't do, and we can appreciate it. We can go watch a movie and say, wow, look at this person's ability to, to embody a character that brings to life a story that now we can appreciate. We can look at, at the ability of man and be wowed by it and say, wow, wow. They're incredible, right? Who's your favorite NBA player? LeBron James, yeah, right? Or anybody, everybody's got their, their favorite player. Hopefully it's not LeBron James now. He's old and all that other stuff. Okay. But everybody, who's your favorite actor? Who's your favorite this? Who's your favorite, you know, whatever, right? Uh, and, and we have this appreciation towards somebody's natural ability. Now, now, what you find about Paul is when he steps in to speak to the church in Corinth, he's like, hey, guys, I didn't come in my ability, in my talent. That, that's, not why, that's not why I came. I came in, in, in simple talk and simple communication because I wanted to display the power of God at work. So that you're not, for the purpose of not praising man, but what you are doing is you're looking to your heavenly father. Like, like you are, are looking at, wow, look at the power of God that is at work through this guy. This is amazing. I'm not wowed by the man. I'm wowed by an incredible God that's using a fallible man to move. You know, you think about Acts, Acts chapter fourteen. It's a moment of time where Paul and Barnabas were traveling around first missionary journey, going around and speaking and communicating the gospel. And what happens? Paul and Barnabas they're preaching the gospel. There's an individual that is, is, is uh, um, that is. What does it say inside here? <laughs> The individual that is crippled. There you go. He's got some crippled feet. They walk on this man's got some crippled feet. What do they do? They pray, and the man is healed. Everybody in the area is like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Look at these individuals and their power, like their talent, their ability. They prayed, and this person was healed. They're in a Grecian culture. What is it? Man, this guy looks like uh, Zeus and Hermes, are, not looks like, but they're like Zeus and Hermes and like, man, we're going to make offerings to of them. There's one and the other. They're starting to praise the man now. They're coming in like, whoa, we need to bring offerings to you guys. And Paul and Barnabas catch wind. They're like, whoa, 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 what do you doing? What do you Slow there, slow the roll. I, I know you can appreciate what we have the ability to do, but here's the thing. It's not our power. So what do they say on the back end of here? We are merely human beings, just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything inside of it. What are they saying? We have faith to believe in a supernatural God to do things to defy your reasoning. But do not get it twisted. We are mere men. There's a powerful God that is at work ministering to his people for the sake that you would see the power of God at work and you would not look to man. We came that you would walk away from the worthless things of this world and you would turn towards a God that has created it all. That is why we came. And you've got to understand, that is why we are here. The body of Christ is here, not for the glory of man, the church. We're here for the glory of God. Why do I get up and preach to the best of my ability? I pray that I can articulate God's truth, not to glorify man, Pearl Street Church, amazing, Pastor Brent, amazing, but you can see the power of God at work that you would walk away from a broken, dark, and sinful life and you would step into the life-giving power of Jesus Christ and live a life of righteousness and holiness to be a light into a broken world. That is why we exist. That is why we do what we do. The same thing Paul is saying, don't worship man. Get your eyes off of man and see the hand of God that is at work. Because if you see God's hand at work, you'll believe in a supernatural God. If you believe, then you'll press in on a supernatural God that wants to meet your everyday issues, your everyday circumstances. You'll press in on the good shepherd that will lead you out of the chaos. You will press in when you believe. And that is the point. We didn't come in human persuasion, but we came in the display of the power of God at work. Now, pray today as you're in here, your faith is rising, that you may press in to say, I'm going to step in, and I want to I have an experience this power. I, I want to know what this power is, so that it's not just the words of a man speaking like me that has an experience, but it's the experiences you have that step out. And make a difference inside of this world. Amen? Now here's the deal. We live in a world that wants to reason the spiritual realm out. That it's not real. That, oh, it's, it's insignificant. But just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not real. The enemy is here to manipulate, to, to, to distort, to, uh, to uh, suppress, Right? Get us caught up in the reality of what is, the things of this world, and completely be ignorant of the things that we cannot see. You know, just because something isn't, we don't necessarily understand it, doesn't mean that it's not real. You think about gravity. Does everybody in here understand gravity? Well, well like, if I came in, well, the larger masses draw uh, lesser things into it, whether it's planets or things. The larger the mass, it's always drawing it into the center. That's gravity, right? And we're, the, the solar system goes around the massive sun, and it all circulates around that, and the gravity is pulling these earths, but it keeps it in lock, and we're on this massive mass, the earth, and we're all pulled down into the center of this earth. That's the gravity we see. Now, everybody in here, I don't I don't even understand it, and that may not even articulate it right, okay? I could be way off on what I just said. (laughs) But just because we don't understand the laws of physics doesn't mean that we are not subject to its reality. The same thing would be true in the spiritual realm. We may not understand it all, but we are all subject to it. We are all a part of it. Ephesians 6, or uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus would say this in Matthew. Jesus would say this in Matthew chapter 6. Hey, Jesus, tell us how to pray. Let me teach you how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this New Testament because that's what we know. That's NLT up there, so it may not exactly match. right. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and deliver us from the earth. Lead us not into temptation. I got off when I messed it up in there. What is that? Uh, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, right? And forgive us of our sins. As we have forgiven those who have sinned against us, and what? And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from who? The evil one. What is Jesus saying? Teach us how to pray. And what Jesus puts in here is, hey, don't let us yield to temptation, because temptation is always there. And hey, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus put it in the prayer that we should be praying on a daily basis. Temptation's there, deliver us from the evil one. What is that saying? This is a realm where the enemy has the ability to tempt us. And we need to be delivered from the temptation because the evil one is seeking who he may devour. Ephesians 6, right? Regardless if we believe it or not, just because we don't understand doesn't mean it doesn't exist. What does Ephesians 6 say? If we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil Uh, rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. May not understand it, but clearly scripture is telling us it is real. It's real. It's a realm in which we may not understand, but it is real. So we have to be aware. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance will cost you your life, your family. Ignorance will cost you your kids. Ignorance is not bliss inside of here. The realization on, man, there's a power at work. The ruler of this word, the in- enemy, is at work seeking who he may devour, that we are in a spirit realm that we may not fully understand, but we are subject to. We have to come to this place to say, we need to be aware, and by being aware, we are on guard. Because here's the deal, the temptation, right? We can find ourselves in a place where the enemy is seeking who he may devour, what is he doing? He's looking for the insecurities. He's looking for the, 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 the little niches and crannies that are open. He's looking for the little doors we're leaving opening on anger or frustration. He's looking for little things in which he can exploit inside of our lives. Right? Sin, it just takes a little bit for us to jump into the madness, right? All of a sudden, just a little sin. Now, all of a sudden, we can go down the road to completely live a life in bondage. So the oppression of of Satan upon your life, the weight of life, it's too much. Putting the pressure on. You're all by yourself. You can't, you know, you're all alone. You're isolated. Oh, this is too much. Why don't you just give in to the chaos of life? Oh, why? That's the oppression that the enemy has on people. But Jesus has come to break us from the bondage of sin. That oppression, that man, we may be in it, but we have a God that is for us and with us through the madness. So John chapters eight would say it this way. Jesus speaking, he says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin and a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. This is a statement, amen, in Jesus' name. We we say it all the time. This is a statement of... If you sin, right, you find yourself in a place where you sin and you make it a habit of sinning, now you're under the bondage of sin where you are a slave to the thing in which you've given yourself over to. Now you're not a part of the family. You're not not connected to the family because you have a different Lord now and you're following, you're living outside of alignment with the truth of God. But on the other side of it, those that realize that, man, we're broken and we have a savior that we need to be uh, set free from the bondage of sin, now you've stepped into a place where the son has broken the bondage of sin and whom the son has set free or Jesus has set free is free indeed. So we live in the spirit realm that we gotta be careful that just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's real. We gotta be aware that the enemy wants to compromise our devotion to our creator. So Romans 6, we'll say it this way. Romans 6. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for we, uh, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Verse number eight, and since we died with Christ, we know we will be also live with Christ. So in coming to Jesus Under the oppressive state of the world, the brokenness of humanity, the temptation that the enemy brings in order to thwart our devotion towards our creator, when we died with Christ, he broke the power of sin over our lives. So what we've given ourselves into in sin, the practice and the behavior of sin, whatever it may be, any thought, any idea, we're in the behavior of living an unrighteous life according to the flesh in which we live. This is saying that when we came to Christ, we died with him. When he died, he broke the power of death over our life, the bondage in which we were living in. And with that, now when we died with him, we are now free with him. We are free now, set free from the power of the bondage inside of our lives. That is the power of what Jesus Christ has done for us, that we have broken, fallen state of humanity, a real spiritual realm in which we may be doing things today, we don't even know why we're doing them. It could be a part of our, a product of our past. It could be a habitual behaviors from our, our, our upbringing. It could be through the, the, the brokenness that happened at the hands of somebody that, 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 that did something to us. We could be living in a world here today of chaos that is resulting in sin, doing things against the will of God, simply because we have not come to Jesus and break the bondage of sin off of our lives. So we live in this world where we've been given over to an idea, a thinking, a way of belief. Now, number two, if you want to write it down, the, the point of the uh, temptation is to remove us from the devotion. That is the point of temptation. We're in a spirit realm in which God has called us to follow him and live in righteousness. Jesus Christ has set us from set us free from the bondage of sin through his death and resurrection on the cross and our belief in him. It's not, a, not something we worked for or we did. It was a free gift of God. And now we're in this state now that whatever chaos we had prior to Jesus has the ability to be broken off of our lives. That's power. But the temptation that the enemy is, is bringing into life is for the purpose of removing us from the devotion. That's why the enemy operates in this world is to break the devotion. What is devotion? Devotion is this commitment to do something uh, to bring honor and affection towards the thing in which I value. So if we value God and we value the work of Jesus Christ, then our devotion is we come to him in prayer. We come to him in in, uh, reading his word, knowing we we come to him in circumstances of life and, and bringing him into the equation. We are devoted to our creator. But the enemy wants to step in through temptation to get us disconnected from the devotion. That's the point. Now, look at Titus 2. Titus 2 would say it this way. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Salvation through Jesus Christ, the grace of God, the free gift, brought through Jesus Christ. Okay? And we are instruments to what? Turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and what? Devotion to God. While well, we look forward to, uh, with hope, to the that wonderful day, whenever the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. The first end of here, though, put it back up. Put the next scripture up, or the other. There we go. And we are. What is the instruction post salvation? The instruction to us as humanity is the the bondage of sin is broken off our lives through the power of Jesus Christ, and the grace of Jesus, you know the grace of God through Jesus Christ. With that, what are we instructed to do? Turn from godless living and sinful pleasure. What is it? Turn from sin. Turn from your flesh. Turn from the temptation. Right? We're called. What are we called to do? We should live in this evil world with wisdom of God's word, righteousness, making the right decision according to God's word and with devotion to God. But the temptation steps inside of our lives in this dark and evil world to get us divided, get us disconnected from the devotion to the creator. That's the point. Now, here's the deal today. We live in this realm, and you may be sitting here today like, I love God but you find yourself constantly facing the same issues and the same challenges and the same struggles and the same pain. You keep on beating your head up against the wall and wondering why you're not set free. Maybe today the devotion has been separated through temptation inside of your life where you are living in choices that are outside of alignment with the will of God. And today... You're experiencing the pain of man. I'm just giving in to the temptation. I'm just giving in. I'm just falling short. I'm not living up to, uh, is God real? I don't know. I, I've been dealing with this. I've been, I've been challenged by this for a long time. The whole point of what the enemy is trying to do is to step into the middle of your devotion and cause you to sway and point your 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 affection in the wrong way. Matthew 4, a moment in time in which Jesus is in a place of vulnerability. This is why the worst place for any person to be is isolated. You're going through a struggle or you're going through pain or you're facing circumstances. The enemy always likes to step in and say, you know what the best thing for you to do is? Go be by yourself. And all of a sudden, the enemy begins to step in and create ideas that are contrary to the word of God. As I said last week, oppression, right? Not possession. Possession is completely something different, okay? Demonic, demonic possession is when somebody has stepped into alignment to work on behalf of the enemy and they give their vessel over to the, the enemy's use. Those people are, have lost their mind. They're crazy. They are out of control, you know. That, that's the possession. The oppression side of it is, is when the enemy is stepping in to create ideas that are contrary to God's word. There, it's the temptation to start bringing doubt into our world, to discourage, discourage us from pressing in towards the creator that has the power to deal with the pain of this life. It's to go at it alone. You don't need him. You are your own God and you can create your own outcomes. It's, isolation, the enemy begins to talk in those realms, right? Oftentimes, that's when, you know, why would this happen? Are you sure that God is at work in this? Can can you fully trust him? Uh, And the the words of doubt begin to step in. Now, Jesus is is coming out of the wilderness, about to start his ministry. He comes into a place where Satan tempts him. He tempts him in three different ways. Let's look at those. Matthew chapter 4. Three different ways, mind, body, soul, in which Jesus is tempted. The first one Jesus let out, uh, it, it's to turn a stone into bread. Now, flip over to the screen uh, of what, the, what is going on with this. Flip over to the next screen. So the first thing is, make this stone into bread. What's going on here? Jesus obviously has a physical hunger. Obvious. It's a physical hunger based on being 40 days in the wilderness without food. What is it? It's a physical need and physical desire. The enemy's coming with a physical temptation. Why don't you defy God and now provide for yourself? Do you? What's the lie inside of here? The temptation is, would God provide? What is it? It's a little bit of doubt. Would God provide for you? Does God really love you? Does God really care? I don't know if he'll provide for you. The temptation now in here is like, do I believe that my God can provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory? Do I believe that? The temptation is, oh, I don't know. I I mean, God, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I got to work harder, actually. That's what I need to do. And don't get me wrong. It's not about working harder. We should all be working hard. Scripture in the New Testament will tell us that work hard as unto Jesus Christ for our masters. Work hard for our bosses and our companies as unto the Lord. We should be working hard. But are we trusting our work? But are we trusting the finished work of Christ? It's completely different. The doubt comes in to say, no, I gotta work harder. I gotta do this for myself. I don't know if God will do this. It's doubt. Do we really trust God? The first thing right off the bat, he comes to, to uh, challenge him with the physical realm, the body part, your body. Now, this th- this is one temptation that flows into every other of your life. Do we truly trust God with our body? with the, the satisfa- satisfaction of our body. Come on, we live in a world here today, we are compromising purity simply because we don't believe that God has something better for us in our future. So we will sell purity today for the temporary moment of satisfaction rather than holding true to God's word and not stepping into sexual impurity. It's temptation of the body. Everybody's got it. Everybody, if you're a man inside of here, more than likely, you are struggling unless it's underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? Everything starts with just a little bit, just a little look on like, dang, all of a sudden can lead into a full-fledged porn addiction. It's the temptation of the flesh to submit to something that's less than God's best. The first thing off the bat, where is the temptation eliminating the devotion? Where is it at? How are you tempted in your flesh to now dishonor God with your life? The other part, Jesus would step in. The second thing he was, he was challenged with is um, with uh, his rescue. Next. Or not. Okay. Uh, Jesus is Lord. Amen. So the second thing he was, he, was, he was challenged with is dare God to bring rescue. What is going on here? This is the emotional state, the security. Will God rescue me in the middle of this madness? I don't know. Do you think God really cares? Do you think he really will rescue you? The challenge was, hey, I took him to a high point on a temple. He said, look out, you know, and throw yourself off, and God will rescue you. Won't the angels come and rescue you? And Jesus had to come back and said, no, the word says that we shall not tempt our God. Like the word says, don't tempt our God. So the challenge inside of here is, would God protect us? That's the same way. Will God protect you? Will God watch over you? Well, outside of that, if God's not protecting us, then who is? We can live a life of fear, right? Especially out of COVID. Somebody calls for like, say, what? Put a mask on. Hello, somebody. You trying to kill the whole restaurant right now? Right? But we can live a life of fear. All of a sudden, our, 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 the sustaining of our life is tied to our ability as opposed to God's ability. It's the little bit of lies that are entered in that now all of a sudden we live a life of fear, not live a life of faith. Little lies that are brought into the equation. What should we be doing? God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God knows the day and the hour that I'm going to take my last breath. Until then, I'm going to work my backside off to serve the kingdom of God. He knows the hour. Now, I'm not going to go up on top of the Towers of America and jump off and test God. But what I will do is go up on top of Towers of America. I will eat dinner with my wife because I'm dating her. And I'll be praying over the whole city as I do it in Jesus' name. Amen, right? (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. The third thing Jesus was tempted with inside of here is bam, bam, bam. Ha, worship Satan. There you go. Worship Satan. On the front end, I mean, the the next thing was he took him to a high place, looked over all the land and said, hey, you can have it all. But all you got to do is worship me. (laughs) Simple. Now, we live in a world here today where people are gaining and attaining. You're like, how can bad people get that? Well, more than likely, they've sold out for the purpose of gaining and attaining in the temporal world. Maybe not directly like, I'm serving Satan, okay? I'm not what I'm saying, but a few of them are. Um, but on the other side of that, <laughs> Jesus says either you're working for me or against me, clearly, right? That's what Jesus says. Either you're working for me or you're working against me. So regardless, there, there's no in-between. There's no lukewarm. Lukewarm is I'm working for Satan. I'm working on, on behalf of him. I'm serving self. I'm living for myself. I'm influencing other people to not focus on God and press in on God. I'm influencing people to press in on self. Either you're working for him or you're working against him, right? So the temptation was you get the temporary. Jesus already knew he had the eternal. Jesus already knew he was going to confront death, hell, and the grave. Jesus already knew that he was going to confront Satan and have some challenges. He was going to press through and not sin. Jesus already knew he was going to a cross to pay the price for every single sinful action that needed to be paid by, hum, by a perfect lamb. He already knew all of that. But the temporary satisfaction was, hey, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth, but all you have to do is serve me. It's the temptation The temptation inside of here is, is God really the rule of your life? Is he really the Lord of your life? Is he really worth it? Should you really give up your whole life for him? Has has he really done that? All those questions of doubt. Has he really done that? Is that what this is all really about? Well, you should be able just to live your best life, right? I mean, God wouldn't want you to, like, not have pleasure, God wouldn't want you to have good things. I mean, come on, he wants you to have good things. It's the little bit of lies that step in that can cause chaos. The temptation, the purpose of temptation is to remove us from devotion. You've got to understand, we live in a spiritual realm. We may not understand it uh, are are not, but we are in subject to the realm. If we are unaware, we will live uh, uh, ignorant of the realities of challenges and struggles and ideas and thoughts that are brought in. And Paul would say at one point in the New Testament, he'd say, man, you got to take every thought captive and submit it to Christ. That's what you got to do. Because outside of Christ leaning in on the conversation, you will find yourself in a a broken place where you may believe a lie that'll lead you down a place of uh, a bondage. You'll get completely tied up in a sinful mindset that now behaviors is a life of bondage. You are a slave to the ideas that's creating bondage in your life, where now you are, you've given over to the sin. Now, we can look at the overt things in here today and say, you know, clearly, an alcoholic is living in the bondage of addiction. A cocaine addict, a heroin addict, whatever it may be, whatever addict you got on there, clearly, a person has been given over to a desire to get high, that now they are in bondage to that thing. You've seen it. If you ever seen somebody that's addicted and they're trying to get a fix? Wow. But the same addiction would tie into porn. You could do the same thing with that. You've got to get the physical part of it, right? Anything you've been given over to. If you've been given over to money, you will give everything up to make money. You will lie, cheat, and steal to make money. You're serving the God of Moloch. You're not serving the God of all creation that provides, owns a cattle on a thousand hill, and he can provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. You're not serving him. You're trying to serve the God of this world for temporary gain. Every temptation is for the purpose of removing devotion. We got to know what is the temptation. Is it from a past chaos that was inside of our lives? Is it tied to past behaviors of a generation before me? Is it tied to a lack of faith that I have in my creator that I'm trying to do something for myself? Is it a trust situation where I'm not willing to fully submit to Christ as my Lord and savior and I'm still trying to go at it alone? Is it that I enjoy the control as opposed to submitting to the healing process that the pride is operated inside of my life that I know better than everybody, everybody else is idiots, everybody else is whatever, and the pride of our lives that we will not submit to the authority of God, that we can walk in the humility and the love of Jesus Christ. What is it? The temptation is for the purpose of removing devotion. And today you say, man, I'm pulling back. Wherever you are pulling back, more than likely, it's because there's an area where you've lived in the oppression, you've given in to the temptation, and it's led you to a place of bondage where you are a slave to an idea, you are a slave to a behavior that now is pulling you away from the devotion. That God wants from you. Last thing I'll leave you is number three is this. Number three is this. When we resist, then he will go. When we resist the devil, then he will go. John 10 10, Jesus says, I come to give life and life abundantly. I come to give a rich and satisfying life. But the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. If you think today that you can play with fire and not get burnt, we're living in a world that is not reality you're playing with fire today, you will get burned. Anybody, you playing with fire, whatever it may be. Well, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, a little bit will lead to bondage. Just a little bit will lead to bondage. So you got to resist. If you don't resist, then man, he'll come right on in. He'll take over. You say, well, I just want to explore and I just want to, that's why it's the worst idea. I'm like, kids, you guys just go out and explore, live your life. No! (laughs) No! Right? Don't go explore. Go and live and make a difference, right? Have some conviction. Have some courage. Live something that makes a difference. Don't just go explore, right? Because a little bit will take over. We got to hunker down and say, no, we're going to resist the devil and he's going to flee from us. James 4 would say that. 7 and 8, what does it say? So so humble yourselves before God. The first thing you got to do for salvation, humble your Lord you're God, you're greater, you have the power to forgive my sin. I can't save myself, it's your free gift. Humi- humility, not pride, oh, I'm better than. I don't need you, it's I need you desperately. God blesses those who realize their needs for him. Matthew 5.3, the humility. Yeah. So humble yourself before uh, God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God. And the world. First thing, humble before God and resist. Resist. Cleanse yourself. Sinners, we're all sinners. Cleanse ourselves. Man, we, Jesus, we need you to forgive us. Man, we thought something, we said something, we did something. We didn't lose salvation, but we've allowed a small sin to step in that has challenged our devotion and we need some healing and some forgiveness because we've been thinking some things and doing some things that are out of alignment with the righteousness of your expectation. So oh, we're submitting ourselves to you. We want to be cleansed, God. But resist the devil. Many of us today, we may not even be resisting the devil. We're unaware of the spiritual realm. And today we're existing where when these ideas come or these thoughts come or, you know, like these behaviors, I've just been doing it my whole life. It's no big deal. It's not hurting anybody, but it could be drawing us away from God, our devotion. We're not even resisting. The only way, I mean, somebody comes into your house trying to take your stuff, what are you going to do? They're going to be met with a nine millimeter if they come in my house, right? And then I pray, right? I probably say, what are you doing? You know, Bob, okay, Jesus, please heal him in Jesus' name. Right? I'm sorry. Whatever, whatever it may be. But it, if you're not resisting, then he's coming right in. Coming right in. So here's the deal. In Ephesians 6, it would say, man, one final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all that God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategy of the devil. The devil's got some strategies. He's coming for you. He knows your leanings. He knows your likes. He knows your... You're like your past. He knows that he knows Scripture better than you. Oh, he knows it. So he's got some strategies. So what do you got? You got to put on the full armor of God. Yeah, and we'll talk all about that next week. We're gonna go into the full armor of God. We'll go one by one. We'll, we'll talk. We're gonna talk it all on how we mount up. But the the reality here, you got to put on the armor of God so that what you can stand firm against the strategies. You're like, come on. I'm aware of what's going on. I know you're coming but I'm already ready for what you're about to bring because I'm mounted up, I'm mounted up. So you gotta put it on to stand firm against because he's coming, he's seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. And today you may be sitting here in a seat because you are devoured. You're at the end of yourself. You're riddled in addiction, you're overwhelmed with the the product of sinful decisions you've made, you are broken, you are hurting. You feel like a nobody. You feel worthless and useless. Relationships are falling apart all around your life, but we serve a loving God that meets us in the middle of the madness. Jesus would tell us a story of an individual, a demon-possessed individual that he set free, and the accusation was he's colluding with the devil, but Jesus would come back and say, Obviously, if a kingdom is divided, it will not stand. If a man walks into a house and overtakes the strong man of that house, obviously he has greater power than the one that was there before. What is he saying? I have the power to release people from the chaos of their lives. If the enemy has come in and oppressed them, the enemy has come in and they're bound bound by the temptation, I can set them free. I'm the stronger man. I love how Chris Hodges would say it this way. I think it's what we need to do today. When people confront the past, their sins, their wounds, and the the curses, they experience amazing joy, freedom, and spiritual growth. They move from just the assurance of their salvation, oh, praise God for it, to an experience of divine deliverance. Amen. Wherever you are at and whatever you are walking in, do you want to confront the chaos of life? Do you want to step in and say, no longer am I okay with just being okay. I'm ready to step into God's best for me, not living anything less than what God would want for me. I don't want to submit to any ideas or contrary uh, thoughts that are less than God's best for me. I don't want to walk in this place where my behaviors may be out of alignment with righteousness. I may not want to slip into a place where I'm living in choices that are, are, are removing me from the devotion. But I want to be in a place where I'm fully submitted to Jesus. Here's the deal. The only way you get there is by coming to Jesus that has the power to deal. That's it. He has the power to deal with the chaos. He has the power to break the bondage of sin. He has the power to take something that you've lived with for like 30 years. I've been, I've been struggling since I was a kid with this and I just can't break it. All good. He has the power to break that temptation right off of you. He has the power to set you free from the bondage, the slavery to that sin. You say, man, I've been dealing with this frustration, this anger, this chaos for so long. He has the power to heal and restore and transform your life. Jesus has the power. But it's only when we come to Jesus do we we get that power. So what I say today is you can sit back all you want, but do you want an experience that defies reasoning? And if that's the case... Then you got to put your faith in an almighty God. Not in the persuasion of man. I'm not here for the persuasion of man, although I do want to be articulate in what I am saying. But I pray today that you would come forward and experience the transformative power of Jesus Christ in your life. So these guys are going to come down front. Come on. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. We want we want we want the mental health chaos to be gone in Jesus' name. We want the the, the the addictions to be broken in Jesus' name. We want the habitual uh, sexual uh, temptation to be removed in Jesus' name. We want the bondage uh, of sexual addiction to be broken. We want the, the, the addiction from whatever substance to be broken in Jesus' name. We want the, 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 the need of, of serving uh, other gods, this, this desire of like a little bit of everything. We want the... the, the uh, Divided heart and the divided mind to be broken in Jesus' name. We want the the we want the, the maybe it's just straight sin, man, defying God and, and walking away. We want it broken in Jesus' name. We got to come to Jesus if we want to be set free. So wherever you're at, whatever you're walking in, as I've been talking and preaching and whatever here, you're like, man, there's this one thing I've been dealing with. There's this one issue that man has been removing my devotion, whatever it may be. Man doesn't have to know, but by faith we want to pray that it's broken. So wherever you're at, come on, come forward. These guys are going to start singing, and I pray that you begin to move forward, and we just begin to receive healing, the bondage of sin be broken on our lives, and we can be set free here today. Uh, Come on forward. There's people all over the room, people standing up. Get to them. Just keep on. You stand in line. Wait for it. We're going to be singing out here. But if you you don't have something, and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're like, I don't have anything. I'm not going to. Be praying, be an intercessor right now. Stand up and worship, stand up and pray. Do whatever you need to do, you can sit down and pray. But be praying that the the power of sin be broken, the power of temptation be broken in the house here today. And there's healing power that is released. Come on, let's pray. God, we come to you today, Lord, believing in your power that you have the ability to break the bondage of sin inside of our lives. Whatever it is we are walking in, God, maybe Lord we've stepped into a place where we're a deceiver we're lying we're not our true self maybe we got a mask on God Father I pray Lord that you'd break the bondage of deceit in our hearts Lord Father maybe we're in here today where nothing is ever enough we're not content in our lives Lord we're looking at everybody else's blessing feeling like you've skipped us God Father I pray you would break the bondage The bondage of envy, God, in our lives. Father, where we have elevated ourselves up. Father, the the need we don't, the, the thought we don't need you, God. I pray, Lord, you would break the bondage of pride inside of our lives, Lord. Father, we would walk in humility, receive love in Jesus' name. Father, I pray today, Lord, where anger has taken us down a dark road. And today we are the negative individuals in the room. Father, I pray that you would break the bondage, the bondage of oppression, God inside of our lives lord that the fruit of the spirit would be at work in our lives lord father release your power into this atmosphere restore things that have been broken for a long time bring healing to areas god that nobody knows father in the darkest places in the crevices of our lives lord may you release power into this place that father it's not by man's words but it's through simply the power of you at work in our lives today in jesus name come on let's pray Become dull. That that there, there's it's lost its beauty to you. That that today you're existing, but there's no joy. Today you're existing, but there's no beauty. There's no there there's no um, there's just no joy. There's no like uh, excitement. It's like lost all like like it's lost its luster. And I feel like God wants to bring back beauty and color to the life in which you are living here today. He wants to release in you a a new joy that comes in life, a new new excitement about the life in which God has given you, that they, they remove you from the dull, remove you from the mundane, and bring a joy to life again. That it's not just living, breathing, and dying, but you've been created on purpose for a purpose, right? That it comes with a new perspective. I'm stepping in to live this thing out. It comes with a new beauty. So I just want to pray over you. Life has become dull, but that's not the life God has given us. The rich and satisfying life that Jesus has come to give us is one full of life, contentment, man, full of joy and excitement. I want to pray over you today, man. If you, if this is you, life is dull. Oh, you've had the, ha- the, the house. You've got the car. You've had the woman or, or the man or whatever it is. You've lived what you believed a good life was. And it's all falling apart and today you're living in the chaos. You're living in the chaos of a dull life because you put your hope in something that was fallible. You put your hope in something that was broken and today you're experiencing the dullness of life because you didn't lean in on Jesus, you leaned in on the Satan. You, You didn't build your life on Jesus, you built your life on the things of this world and it's crumbled underneath you. Oh, you're living in the rubble, but here's the deal. God loves building, rebuilding broken things. God loves reestablishing a foundation of strength inside of our lives. So today, let's pray for the rebuilding, that the beauty of life is experienced inside of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we come to you, Lord. Father, as we've experienced the dullness of life that comes from sin and chaos, God. Father, life has just lost its luster. There's no more beauty. We don't see anything beautiful anymore, God. Father, we've we've fallen victim to the, for the challenges of life, God. Father, today we don't have joy. There's no peace on the inside of us, God. We look out and there's just no reason to live anymore. What is this all about? What is it all for, God? And we've lost sight of it all. God, I pray right now by your power You step into the brokenness of humanity in the rubble of our our choices, in the rubble of our life we've lived, God. And Father, you begin to reestablish living. You reestablish purpose. You reestablish identity. You reestablish character, God. You reestablish conviction. And God, in the reestablishing of foundation, Lord, you begin to rebuild our lives, Lord. And with that, you bring the beauty of life. You bring the joy of life. You bring the purpose of life, God, and no longer are we existing in a place, God, that is dull, but our eyes have been opened from the darkness to see the beauty of the life in which you've given us, the joy of the life in which you've allowed us, God. Father, we can walk in the purposes in which you've destined for us, God. Father, release the bondage of dullness, God. Release the bondage of brokenness, God. And Father, restore broken things in this house. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on. Let's sing it out here today. Let's close out in worship. Come on, he's a miracle worker. Come on. Come
1: on, let heaven hear us today.
0: pride in our lives, we can step into the right humility that by faith, he can meet our needs. And praise God for, for the work that he's just done right now in this place. Amen. The lives that have been healed, the transformation that's come in Jesus name. Come on. Has everybody been prayed for? Has everybody been prayed for? Jordan, you've been prayed for? Okay. Just making sure. this, if we're not careful, we can sit here looking at others. You know that we've waited for meaningless things longer than the time right now. We've waited to get a, get a, go to a restaurant longer than the 15 minutes we spent in prayer right now. But if you're sitting there in that seat, the enemy can be there like, what does this all work? Meaningless. We'll wait for something temporal and overlook the eternal things God are doing I pray if you're in here today and the enemy's been speaking to you as you've been sitting on, this is worthless. I pray the fallacy of that idea would be dismantled inside of your idea, that you don't miss God opportunities simply because you don't understand. Oh, you've waited for far longer on meaningless things. Maybe you're in here today because you can't dismantle that lie the enemy has you captured today from the healing that God has for you. Oh, it's worthless. You'll live thousands and thousands of hours in pain because you can't dismantle the lie of the enemy that coming to God is worthless. Why? I just say why. Why? Why live in pain? Why live in chaos when the power is present? Oh, it can be done with right now, in Jesus' name. Done with it, like just now. Deal with it. Be done with it. So, if you want that, double dip, because we've been praying again next service. If you need to go grab somebody, you need to like go out there and grab somebody and say, I'm coming back, because I know somebody that needs this. Cool. Text them right now. Tell them they're coming to church, whether they like it or not. Drive over there, pick them up, drug them or drag them, but get them here. Right? Okay? you can show up in the middle of the third song you can show up in the middle of my message whatever it is for next service but if you know somebody that needs to get here and they desperately need the power of God at work in their lives because they're they're broken and if it's not a but God situation it's over do what you need to do this is a life of sacrifice Jesus laid down his life that we may find healing sometimes we gotta lay down our lives that others might find healing so if you need to do that do it. Don't matter. Show up late. Whatever you need to do. you get here right when prayer's happening, praise God. God's still going to move. Amen? Amen? last thing we're going to pray for here is the missionaries that are about to step in the greatest missionary, mission field in America right now, the public school system. We want to pray over our students, the kids. If you're here today and you're a student, just wave at me real quick. Just wave at me. Amen. You're about to start some schooling. Amen. You're stepping into enemy territory right now. But here's the deal. It's the greatest mission field in America. There's other countries right now forming strategies to send missionaries to America to enter into our public school systems to be change agents inside of the school system. The beauty is you were born for such a time as this. What does that mean? It's not by chance that you are a Bible-believing, faith-filled individual about to step into a public school system or charter schools, so whatever it may be, you're about to step into school. It's the greatest mission field right now in our country. You have the greatest opportunity to share the gospel right now in your school system. But what you will have to do is draw a line in the sand. Know already what you will and what you will not do. If you already know before you go, you already know where to resist. The enemy's gonna come to tempt, you're like no, 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 that's not who I am, okay? But what you can do is come with me to church, right? no 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 that's not who i am my purity is important to me and it is important to my god i will not no 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 i don't need you i'm secure in christ right no 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 i don't need that i don't need you i don't need you this group of friends i'm good in christ right be a change agent you are a a missionary into our school system here today and you have the power to make a change lead a bible study bring some anointing oil with you pray over all the school while you're walking through what are they going to say nothing, because you can do whatever you want. Right? We got freedom of religion. We'll walk in that planet <laughs> Annoying every desk inside of that place. You know? God, go bless your teachers just like, God bless you. Let me shake your hand real quick. Jesus! Pray over them in Jesus' name. Right? Be the change agent. The power of God, when you walk in the room, let it shift the atmosphere. We you show up on campus, let revival break out in Jesus' name. Right? Let's be Daniels in a generation. Uncompromised. Not drawing swords, but drawing lines, amen? Making a difference in a generation. So if you are a student and you saw a student raise their hand, let's pray over these students in the house here today. You guys are walking in. I want to pray the courage and strength of God into your life. Just like, G- just like God spoke into Joshua's life as he was stepping in to lead a generation, I pray that over you. That you would have the strength and courage necessary to make a difference in a generation. God, we come to you, Lord, and we offer up our students in this house here today. You've anointed them and appointed them for such a time as this. They're not mistakes. They've been created on purpose, for a purpose. And, Lord, today you have the power to use them inside of their school systems. So, Lord, I pray for the strength of character to rise up on the inside of them. The courage in order to live a righteous life. Father, when a generation may be walking in darkness, may they step into the light and light up their schools, light up their classrooms, light up their, their friend groups, God. May they be individuals that understand righteousness and holiness and be okay with living a life set apart. Not for their glory, but for yours, God. So, Father, I pray courage on the inside of them, that they would be willing to stand firm against every lie of the enemy and every temptation that comes their way through the work or the hands of their peers. Father, may they have the wisdom necessary to recognize the lies that are offered that sound like a good truth. May they stand firm against the enemy's lies. And, Father, make a difference inside of a generation. Give them strength and give them courage. Father, may they dwell in the land, milk and honey, God, in a place in which you've destined them to lead in, their schools. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen and amen and amen. Brianna, take us away. Come on.
2: Let's give it up for the bondage that was broken today. So good. I'm telling you, you can literally feel that something special happened here today. That some of you might have walked in broken and lost, but are leaving completely restored and walking in freedom, and that's so good. Well, hey, we have a few announcements before you leave today. If you are interested in joining a table, We have a sign up right outside next to our vip tent it's a perfect way to build community to make friends and get to know more about jesus so go ahead and do that once we let out also if do i have any parents of youth in the house can you make some noise oh yeah we know they're a handful but youth starts back up august 31st so you're gonna want to bring your kids yes It's a perfect way to set the foundation as they embark on this next school year. And before you leave, I just want to encourage you to continue to walk in confidence, to know that chains were broken here today, and you can continue to put your armor of God on and stand firm on his word. But other than that, I hope you have an incredible Sunday, and we will see you next week.